Hello and welcome to the Blue Pea Leader podcast. And I'm your host and the founder of Blue Pea Pod, Ruth Sanderson. If you want to become a leader of an organization where people feel alive and fully contribute, one that really understands who you are, lets you contribute your talents, live your purpose and make a difference. Listen in now as we share the latest practical ideas and techniques to experience authentic success through leadership. Welcome to this week's Blue Pea Leader. And I'm going to talk about something that has cropped up quite a bit in some of my leadership uh, uh, workshops recently. <laughs> I've given it a name. I call it Busy Foolitis. Um, and so I'm going to uh, explain it and you can work out whether or not it's actually starting to invade and take over your team or organisation. Now, it came about because basically we just, you know, we just seem like we're so busy these days, don't we? Um, you say to people, how are you? And they go, oh, busy, really busy. I love that Gordon's gin and tonic advert that was out at Christmas where it was like, you know, are you, you know, busy? Oh, I'm really busy, super busy. Oh, busy, busy. Oh, too busy for a gin and tonic at five o'clock. Oh, no, not that busy. Um, <laughs> not too busy. Uh, so you, there's almost this thing about, you know, ordinary busy is just not good enough these days to win a badge of honour. Now we have to be crazy busy, manically busy, super, super busy, busy. And this disease of busyness is actually, seems to be on the increased. And, you know, at the end of the day, if nothing else happens, if it's left unchecked, it actually leads to inefficiency, higher costs and burnout. So I call it busy foolitis just because it sort of... um, I don't know. It makes fun of what it really is. Um, But it's variations, you would say, upon a theme of when I turn around and say to people what's been happening, they would say, well, you know, it's another week of meetings, site visits, email, etc, etc, writing presentations, this, that, the other. It's like a long to do list and I've just not achieved what I wanted to do. Now, one senior leadership team recently that I was working with was discussing ways of helping their staff deal with this, this busyness. And the the suggestion at the time was, well, how about a time management course? You know, that that should help them sort it all out. Um, And I said, well, it might, but let's actually look a little deeper at what might be the source of this behaviour. Um, and then we can work out whether or not a time management course is indeed the answer or part of the solution. So what is busy foolitis? It really is. It's when you're always in action, doing things. You have a to-do list that seems to get longer, not shorter. The critical aspect is that you can do all of these things on your list and still achieve nothing as a result. Now, whilst we can't always see the direct link between an action and an outcome, overall, you do get some indication of the contribution factor of the action. So let's look at an example. You could spend your day going from meetings to meetings, to sending and replying to emails, instant messages, writing a PowerPoint, deck or a one-page summary for a meeting and upon reflection realise that nothing is different. 
So Pareto's law says that 20% of our actions will result in 80% of our um, results, outcomes. So our focus then, of course, is working out which of our actions make up that 20%. Now, here's just one of the everyday habits that provides the perfect breeding ground for this, this busy foolitis to spread. Meetings. Or in this case, the first part of it is having no meeting agenda or a poor meeting agenda. Because let's face it, all meetings have a purpose. There is some reason or outcome for everybody getting together. So the thing is, first, be clear on what that is. That way you know who needs to be there, what you require from them as their contribution and how long you expect this to take. Then when you construct the agenda, you can pass on that clarity in your invitation. So your thought process might run something like this. The meeting's on the 27th of May and it's going to review the progress of Project Jalopy and we're going to decide whether we invest in Solution X or Solution Y. So Bill's going to spend 10 minutes updating us on the results of the recent perfume study. There'll be five minutes for us to do questions and then we'll move on to Sandra, etc. And after we've heard from Bill and Sandra and Annika, we'll be able to decide if we invest in X or we invest in Y. And that final decision should take no more than 20 minutes to conclude. So now you can articulate this thought process as a structure, which is then communicated as the agenda. This level of clarity allows attendees to know what to expect from themselves, as in what are they bringing, but also from other people. I mean, how many times do you get pulled into meetings and you're not entirely sure why? Or you're told why, but now you're actually in the meeting. The reason seems to have morphed into something else or evaporated in its entirety. And consequently, how many of your staff attend meetings when they don't know the outcome of the meeting or what their contribution is? Or even worse, they don't know how long they have to present. So they arrive with material that would take 30 minutes to cover and find they've been allocated 15. Of course, that wasn't communicated to them. So with adding in all the overruns for the meeting to finish on time, they now have only seven minutes to communicate what they needed to communicate. And that's just not going to work. Now, I have to say that I've seen it even worse than this. And this is when the person's ego gets caught up in their presentation. So it tends to go something along the lines of, well, if the previous person took 30 minutes instead of 15, that they were allotted, then I'm going to take at least twice as long because I'm equally important, if not more so. And thereby forgetting one of the signs of a great leader is somebody who can bring a disaster back on track and deliver it to success. And that skill includes meetings too. The other thought, how many of your staff stay in meetings when it's clear they've lost their way or the purpose has shifted within the first 10 minutes and they're no longer clear if they're required to be there or not? 
I mean, that's the simple, just, uh, you know, asking some questions and then making a choice as to whether to stay or not. I appreciate that in some cases, staff will turn around and say, well, given the other people in the room, I felt that had I got up and left, it would have been a career limiting move. That's okay. But at least then they know why they've chosen to stay rather than they just stayed without thinking about why they've chosen to stay in the room. And of course, how many meetings get hijacked by a favourite subject, the current hobby horse of the moment? You notice this because suddenly there's lots of energy and discussion in the room. But if you'd sat back and listened, you'd have realised that the conversation was actually going nowhere. Initially, it may have had some loose connection to the meeting, but it's now veered off and it's well and truly got a life of its own. I mean, having facilitated more events and meetings than I can remember, I've seen more of my fair share of the above. In fact, I would say stick me in a meeting as an observer and I can tell you who the great leaders are. And the one thing I'm going to say is title doesn't necessarily denote anything here. But I can tell you who the leaders are in that meeting. So if 20% of your actions deliver 8% of your results, you could spend time documenting all of your activities throughout the day and see which produced. Then again, you could get clear before every action as to the point of it. What will be different afterwards? Then keeping that in mind as you undertake the activity, you'll have instant feedback as to how far on or off track you are. The more practised and accomplished you become at working with that level of clarity, the more you can help everybody else you engage with also work with that level of clarity. I've said that authentic success is about no longer selling out, compromising or blending in at the expense of yourself and results. And I have to say I've met too many people who engage in the above meeting rituals with their peers and won't say anything because that would mean standing up and standing out. Yet that is part and parcel of being a leader. Even in a room full of leaders, you have to remember you're still a leader. And so if you can look through and ask yourself, which of my activities am I doing that really aren't delivering any results? You'll find that it's not necessarily about time management, but that you can remove those activities which will free up time so you can be more productive. I don't think the cry in business should be, I'm busy, busy, crazy, busy, ooh, busy, busy, badge of honour. I think it should be, I'm productive, really productive, super productive. That's the badge of honour. Until next time. Bye.